Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. I'm Dave. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Legolas, what do your elf eyes see? What a shitty line. Cue the theme song. A wizard is never late. Take your baggage. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. Gandalf, my old friend. This will be a night to remember. I can avoid being seen if I wish, but to disappear entirely, that is a rare gift. And my axe. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> All right. Today, we're going to look at Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the Rings. Please, and please let your explanation of this movie not be as long as the movie. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, and once again, we're welcoming back Dave to the show. Welcome back, Dave. Hey, Thanks Dave. How are you doing? Pleasure to be here. Uh, okay, so what is this movie about? Well, you kind of got to be a fan of the books, maybe. Uh, and if you don't know this Tolkien story... What's wrong with you? Where have you been? It a midget, is a boat. A midget takes her wing. Um, yeah, a, a short <laughs> tries to get rid a of it. A little person or dwarf. I don't know. A midget's not the right word. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that, little person. That's okay. The non-offensive uh, vernacular for uh, person under whatever. Uh, <laughs> Let's start again. <laughs> so there's it shows you're human. Yeah, that's exactly right. There is a ring, um, and bind to this ring is the life force of a evil individual named Sauron, and uh, the ring's been in hiding. I guess, and the ring does have mag magical properties to make the wearer invisible. Uh, but um, the evil in the world is building up after millennia of being kind of dormant. And so people got to take that shit and drop it in a volcano whence it was made. That's pretty much <laughs> If the this story. movie was made today, they wouldn't even be allowed to use those actors as hobbits because the, uh, the little people community would be up in arms for them taking their jobs. Oh, maybe. So like you, because all the stuff's going on in Hollywood right now where you can't, Play, can't do that stuff. But we had we have a not. similar movie which didn't quite work as well, and it's called Willow. Well, guilty pleasure. Yeah, I I feel like <laughs> I feel like it wasn't his fault. No, it wasn't the little person's fault that that movie did not work. I think Ron Howard is probably responsible, and maybe Val so. Kilmer. Val I don't Kilmer know. Have but, some <laughs> what about Lucas? George Lucas? Yeah, seriously. Really, what really, the fuck? I don't think thinking? it had anything to do with the little actors. Yeah, <laughs> you're all pigs. Warwick Davis. Yeah, Warwick. That's his fault. Um, it's not Warwick. Surprise! Oh, Warwick Davis is not in Lord of the Rings. So there you go. Yeah, he's in everything else. Um, yeah, serious. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so this movie is based on um, uh, three books um, written by uh, Tolkien. You know, surprisingly, they didn't start with a Hobbit movie and went right to Lord of the Rings. But um, so this movie, it's not really made. This is maybe a weird thing to say. It's not really made as a movie. This is a book brought to life. And so adaptation. do you, it, but it's like even different from adaptations because most adaptations are taken and it's put, they're put together thoughtfully based on the idea, but have to be written for the screen. Mm -hmm. This one more tries to pretty much take the book and just slash out a few parts like Tom Bombadil, mm -hmm. which doesn't need to be in the movie at all. This lot of singing, or the book, really. a lot of singing. Yeah. No, it doesn't <laughs> add anything. Um, so I guess kind of first off out of the gate is do you forgive this movie a little bit for the license it takes? Um, because it certainly isn't structured like a typical movie. And I would say once again, like whenever I see a movie like silence of the lambs, works so well um and so in some cases a lot of people will think it's better than the book 
and then for you to go our uh, another one would be fight club where he strayed very far from the book but like even the author of fight club chuck palniak says the movie and screenplay are better than his novel hmm. i would always say no because a movie is a movie and a book is a book so if you want the book read the fucking book and if you want a movie, then make a movie that works as a movie. So I would not give it any quarter for okay. them being... I, I don't think you can separate it. And, and I'm really kind of relieved to hear you say that because I thought as I was preparing for the conversation and we're going to come here and say, no, you can't think anything about the world that's outside of exactly what's up on the screen. I, I don't think that's... I don't think you can. I don't, I don't think that's the point. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me start off with a couple of positives that I think this movie today... Um, it just looks beautiful. This movie sucks me in from a set design and the fact that you're putting different races of people together. Um, I don't know if it was revolutionary or how much it's been used in the past, but the use of force perspective in this movie mm. is, is quite brilliant to having Flawless, like Gandalf really. and Frodo sit together and talking to each other. And I never notice any of that stuff. It's seamless. It's, it's it, which is great. Like it shouldn't draw attention to it. You're like, okay, he's a giant person and Frodo's a little person and yeah. boom. That, I that's thought about that a lot <clears throat> watching it this time and could not find any, any point the, the, where the, I was taken out of the movie because of what they were doing. Not the force perspective, but the wearing of masks yeah. that they put some of the little people in. There was a couple scenes where for the first time on this viewing, trying to be more critical, I was like, oh, wow, those are their head is twice the size it should be. It's right. so obviously a mask. But Oh, I never noticed any of that. Just a couple of shots, like the one when they're first, I think, leaving the, leaving the Shire, Gandalf still with them. He's on the horse. They're in the field. Two shots right there. I was just like, oh. Just. I didn't even know they wore masks. Yeah, put put ears on them and don't put the mask on. But but the force perspective is is flawless. Yeah. And what I also love is that the movie's smart enough, or Peter Jackson's smart enough, to not force that in on you. So there's moments when you've got just like a two shot, uh, or even they're both in the same shot of, of a touching moment between Gandalf and a Hobbit, yep. and they don't force perspective that, which I think would take me out of it. Yeah, they just let the two actors do their thing. And, and the very first too. thing I would have. The very first thing I would have cut out of this movie if I was like an editor and I was like talking to Peter Jackson was was the the very beginning of the movie, which is that whole that whole uh, flashback to all of the things that got up to this point because the prologue. Yeah, because I just don't feel like they spent so much time and they were going to make three movies. They spent so that, much time. Is talking. that how they solved it for the people that know nothing about it? They had to at least find a way. And you don't want it to be a whole bunch but of the whole exposition. Movie, but the whole movie is about it. And there is a whole bunch of exposition. And you see the sword and you hear the stories. So do we need to see that in the beginning of the movie? Or can't we just start it? Because... Like a movie should unfold and a lot of the times when they do this in the beginning of the movie and we talked about it with Unforgiven. The Unforgiven is a perfect example. The Unforgiven is a, a masterpiece, that movie. But at the beginning of the movie, it has words that talk about William Money and at the end, it has words that talk about what happened to him. You didn't need any of those things because you're finding out all the things that, the, that says in the beginning through the movie so why not let the audience experience that like through the characters and the journey then like ham-handedly explain this is what happened and then this guy cut the sword off the ring and then the ring fell into the lake and it was gone for a long time. People say it was missing for hundreds of years in the story. So do we really need all of that uh, advanced storytelling? Do you feel the, the full power and the risk and the scale of the challenge that they're up against if you don't 
get that in the beginning if you don't know it already? I, I think kinda, I do. I kind of would. Yeah. It's just so dramatic with how it unfolds. And people end up talking about it later. Um, Constantly, What's too. his name in Rivendell? Uh, Elrond. Mm -hmm. um, is mm -hmm. it Elrond? Yeah. Yep. He ends up talking. I was there, Gandalf. I was there when he fucked it up and didn't yeah. throw the ring in. And maybe then you could have included a bit of that back cut scene. Um, I just think that makes it more mysterious because the audience doesn't but, see it and they're like, he was there that, when what? If they did that more than once, would you feel that it slowed the movie down too much? But uh, they're talking about it anyway. I wouldn't yeah. show, I would never, I would have like literally never showed any of that stuff in the beginning and it would all be told through the journey. <laughs> I, tr truth be told, I want to challenge the thinking a little bit, but I'm with you. Because uh, when I watched it, this is that moment I talked about on the drive over here where I sat down to watch this movie critically and five minutes in was going, oh no. <laughs> but thankfully, I think it, you know, it, it, it recovered. But but that's what I mean. It recovers wrong, so you, you don't need it. So yeah. like you kind of start off with the Hobbit place and the setup of the characters and then Gandalf comes and the ring. Like I feel like it all, it actually all, like surprisingly, because I, I was a huge a hater of this first movie when it first came out. So I was surprised at how well the story was told after the prologue sure. going forward, especially the first 20 minutes. Yeah. I thought it was, it was really, it was very interesting and uh, I was engaged. Yeah. The, the characters are well done. The acting in this movies are, um, except for a couple of slight points, but it, you can also attribute that to the, the characters that they're playing. Like, yeah. That that the line that I opened up with Legolas, what do your elf eyes see? A lot of Legolas's stuff is is probably the weakest bits, but I, that stuff rough. looks good. It's and rough. like they yeah. t they talk about it in in screenplay writing books all the time. Um, and uh, Aaron Sorkin calls it killing your little darlings. The thing that a screenwriter has to do is kill their little darlings to 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 serve the story. You wrote a good scene, or you directed a good scene, and it looks really good, but it's one of your darlings that needs to go and it's a sacrifice for the good of the story. One thing that I've heard you talk about before would be that you need some interference from a studio or from someone to not let the director put in everything that occurs to them. I think this movie does suffer from that a little bit because there was reputedly like no interference, reportedly no interference. Oh, they just gave him. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think you're right. I think that had someone come back and said, you know, we love you, but I think it could have been better. But going back to your point, um, I don't remember if you made it in this podcast or the last one we did, uh, oh, it was around the director's cut stuff in, in, in a previous episode we had done um, that this movie it pays huge lip service to fans of the book. So there's yeah. a lot of stuff left in that they knew that fans of the series would want to see, which from someone like Colin's perspective yeah. would actually like take away from smooth storytelling. It would be more speed bumps, but oh my God, more hobbits or yeah. more elves doing elvedy things, you know, whatever totally. it would be. That That's most of the fights that Colin and I get into would be, I think over fan service. And I, and before Colin educated me a little bit, I would have accepted any and all fan service. A couple moments in this watching that really jumped out at me would be the showing the trolls in the background at one point when they're, yeah, uh, and they find after, from the Hobbit, yeah. right? They find Bilbo's trolls. And I think in the, in the non-extended they don't even refer to them. No. And I thought that's how you do fan service. Yeah. It's there for the people that love it, but you may not even notice it, Colin, if you weren't really no. thinking about it. So like uh, more of that, you know, have it, have, have it more in the background. You don't necessarily need to make it an hour longer to achieve it. Yeah. But yeah. And I also felt like once again, if you take out that beginning stuff, like when they're running away from those riders and hiding in the tree and stuff, all that stuff worked so well. And like, and again, the, Gandalf acting of the reaction of of his acting of when he finds out realizes what that ring is and then him like riding his horse as quickly as he can to tell his master and stuff yeah 
all of that stuff shows the gravity oh the stakes uh, and stakes of what he's discovered and what this guy's been holding on to that he can't believe that it's in his possession without having all that stuff in the beginning so you're really allowing the story once again to be told by the actors instead mm -hmm. of like voiceover and imagery and don't get me wrong that stuff looks really cool but yeah. that's once again the darling that you kill to, to make a better movie that that uh, keeps the audience more engaged because at this point a lot of the first half of the movie we know everything because it's yeah. been told to us in voiceover and images so we're not really discovering any new information. Yeah, I think you've, I think you won me over there, and I, also there's uh, there, there's yeah I think that's probably I'll just say that's probably a, a part the movie'd be better without. Yeah, I think I got to give it to you. The one thing I could live with um, is what's her name's voiceover. Um, uh, Blanchette. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. and that it leads right into the opening titles. I would have gotten that, I would have, that moment is cool. I, yeah. I just like it doesn't yeah. ruin anything. It doesn't tell the, music the story. Cue, it's just music cue. Oh yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. The um, another another scene I would completely have scalped out of this movie for for speed bumps in time is I like her voiceover, but her scenes are not very good. Uh, did you guys notice that this time where she where yeah. she like he offers her the ring and then she's like oh the ring you know I and then she goes through some dramatic speech where she becomes evil and she's like i will be the evil queen it's and i'll go crazy <laughs> in, and then in the books she's lovely like her laughter would charm you she's you know she's absolutely beloved you fall in love with her and seeing her and i went back to bakshi's cartoon and actually saw that he had represented that really really well mm -hmm. her golden hair her laughter falls over you um it's bizarre that they made her creepy in this. And I love Kate Blanchett. And I do too. Before yeah. this viewing within the last 24 hours, I would have defended her to the death. And I think the movie would have been better with a different pick and a different play. I don't even think... Yeah. I don't even... Galadriel's so important. And I realized that they really misused yeah. her in this. I, and see, I know that you've seen the eye. Creepy. <laughs> zoom in. Jesus. Holy shit. No, but, Good but Lord. That's, that's crazy. A lot of that's the writing and the directing. And I feel like the scene where she has like a therapy session with herself. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and then she finishes having her like little freak out and then she's like i've passed the test yeah. all that shit was garbage well, to me. i was like this is there's this something is some important of the terrible there. writing there's something important there the heroism of all the key characters that had their chance to take the ring and frankly could extremely easily and choose not to because they've learned something that i think society hasn't which is absolute power corrupts absolutely and so they stay away from it okay yeah. but when you do that not how it was done when, i'm not defending that so but that is once again if a character cries in the movie and then they cry again it's meaningless yeah. so to have one character be tempted, like what's his face? The that main, scene what's works. The, what, uh, where he closes the hand Aaron and he says, "Get the fuck." He's like, "I would have gone with he you." He has to the a end. moment, and you can hear that. Yeah. That, that scene, was so well done. That's yeah. all you need. Her, her doing that same thing. What about when Gandalf refuses it when they're when he's with Bilbo? In but that's house. at the very beginning, and and that that I'm set, not the conjurer of simple tricks. Yeah, but, and he's also a wizard. Ian McKellen. He's also yeah. a wizard, and so when a human who is the weakest, they kind of establish of them, and. Another human tries to steal it, and then a, a good human says, no, like, I would have gone with you to the end. So, like, you can't have that five times. And with her scene where she does it, not only is it, like, terrible writing, like, where she has, like, because no one's talking to her. She's doing it all herself. Yeah. She's like, I could take the ring, and I could do evil things with it. And she's like, oh, I've passed the test. It's so way over the top. It's so Frodo over be the like, top. What the fuck is this chick talking you, about? And, <laughs> and the information that we're given in that scene is not new. So once again, one of the problems with this movie is, as a writer, you always wants to be want to constantly be giving the audience a bunch of new information in a scene 
so that the story is moving forward. That scene is a lot of regurgitation. So you could have just cut that out. Yeah. And it's a misuse of the character, really. And yeah, I didn't I didn't know anything about the, right the book moment. character, yeah, so yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah. realize that I'm she was so important. I'm trying not to pull that in too much, but yeah. yeah. Cuz really that that whole scene doesn't really add a lot to the movie except they get a little reprieve from running away. They get to where they're going. Um, yeah, you then, could have skipped all that and cut to them to the ending when the orcs attack. You, you could know, have really jumped over that. That was a, a slowing down of... Because once Gandalf is gone and dies, you can really... that was me for a second. Yeah. <laughs> once Gandalf dies, you, can re you really need to move that story forward. And they seem to, it seems to drag. That's the section where it really dragged for me. Yeah, that was does. was after Gandalf falls. And now I, oh. um, I'm, I think I watched the extended cut. So um, when they're leaving, um, that's not Rivendell. That's uh, wherever they are. Lothlorien. Yeah, Lothlorien. Um, when they're leaving there, she gives them gifts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are actually more maybe substantial to set up for later in the following movies than any of the first shit that happens when they're kind of taken prisoner or welcomed in that really creepy way by her. Yeah. And she's like reading all their minds and shit. I Again, just, why creepy? I know it doesn't have to be, she should have just welcomed them and then somehow revealed that she can oh, like see into tension. their darkness. So is that the director just saying, I need some tension. I here. guess no, I mean, some don't. conflict. I don't mind. I wouldn't have minded if she gave him the gifts and stuff. Yeah. That's the only part I think you could have she should have welcomed them. And then, I thought then John, John Rice Davies play uh, uh, how he played getting the hairs. I thought that was lovely. Yeah, that was good. There's also, but they two, cut a lot of that in the, theatrical i don't even know if she gives uh, them I, any gifts i watched the theatrical oh damn it it's all blurring together. i know maybe, right? maybe yes. i shouldn't say it. there's yeah. also too many scenes um there's a there's a scene in um, every movie that where there should be in every movie called the dark knight of the soul where where it seems like all is lost and the heroes have to like really really kind of like buck up and it's kind of how the movie ends yeah, yeah well it does but like there's a couple of times in this movie where they have that they do that multiple times like when gandalf dies and all standing outside True. yep and there's another time where they do it uh um right before the orcs attack and that guy comes after mm -hmm. him yeah. for the ring they do that too much so once again that really slows down the story and we we are when they're on the mountain and it's snowing are you know are when they have the council they, they have too many of those moments where all is lost and then they are like oh i've got an idea to overcome this the only thing about that you're right i mean you could almost lose the 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 i can't remember the name of the mountain but you could almost lose the mountaintop snowing stuff um other than the effects were awesome i thought yeah. they did a really great job it, it all looks but what great. it does do is it builds the tension towards moria so losing it i think might lose some of that and power you have moria's to, moria's also layered too because they they start fighting they, they fight the cave troll and get through that and then they run and there's everybody's after them and then that's done and then the balrog is after them and then gandalf dies mm -hmm. that's a huge mm -hmm. like movement of tension and then there's that whole climax with gandalf going but then then you move on with the story and then it's pretty relaxed except for creepy. Yeah. So is the, is the <laughs> build up too long to that point to Colin's point, but I think it pays off pretty well. I mean, that's, that's the biggest scene where they're inside the caves for, for like, that's like a huge set piece moves, yeah. moves a lot. Yeah. I mean, once again, you, you have your, your peaks and valleys in this movie, but you, you could have definitely um, made a really good movie out of what they had. Like a, I not that the, this one's not a good movie, but a, a far superior movie by just some editing and 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 just trimming and and making things a little bit less redundant and repeating and like everyone knows how important the ring is and like how many times do we see um is it not Frodo but Sam no is it Frodo how know, many times yeah. do we see him like 
having to put their wing on and go into that world and stuff like it's pretty it's two or three times it happens right and uh, and every yeah. time it brings draws the creatures closer to him and stuff yeah so like there's just a, a a lot of kind of repeat and repeat and repeat so i i feel like it's all there there just could have been some trimming for yeah. sure it's funny over and it's hard to talk about this movie without considering the others as well because this one yeah. would be structured in a way that leads into the second one so we're almost getting our dark night of the soul at the end of this to get us ready to have some of those issues solved in the second but um what i will say is um frodo's character he's like immediately um impacted by the seriousness of his journey like he knows as soon as he takes it on um what he's got to do and then sam takes a little bit longer but mary and pippin are really like as characters because they are childish and laughing like right up until when they're kidnapped mm -hmm. right at the very end mm -hmm. of the first movie and then they, they almost mature with the sacrifice of getting yeah caught. their arcs are actually really really interesting over yeah. the three movies um they're almost the most interesting characters to me mm -hmm. when i rewatched mm -hmm. the trilogy especially because, when you bring in the third movie yeah right, right? Yeah. um it's just and it's i don't want to talk about those other movies today but um but i don't think anything that would have been removed from the movie would have impacted uh, no i don't things. i don't think so that, that's not what i was going to say but what i was made it a little bit stronger what i was going to say is i'm sure that you're right that they could have edited this movie to be a strong movie maybe even on its own although you'd need some closure to what was going on, but no, you wouldn't get rid of anything it, that would carry forward. Yeah. Like, like you said, you'd have to introduce the gifts that he would carry forward into the next movie. Like yeah. I forgot about that. And, and if I was editing it, I'd be like, Oh, so we can't completely skip her. Cause we need to have no. her give the gift. Yeah, and I guess showing it later are... in flashback wouldn't be as strong. So. No, you, yeah. you would still yeah. show it, but like you just wouldn't have that private scene between him and her where she tries to take the ring and then she doesn't take the ring. Yeah. Cause we already yeah. see that at the end and, and it's more, and it actually is more impactful without any special effects without that crazy white and her voice yeah. raising and stuff, that's far worse than the simplicity of him coming over and closing his hand and saying, I would have gone with you to the end. That's really emotional. Yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite like, scenes. And yeah. that's yeah. almost ruined by other characters doing that already. You don't need to see that more. That, that one moment lands so perfectly. Um, in the extended cut of this, do they show Boromir getting sent by his father to the meeting? Or is that or a flashback that, in the that, second one? That's not my version. I think that's okay. in the second or the third. Yeah, because yeah. I, I don't like that they explained a lot of that backstory um, to, to set up Faramir's character a little bit better in the second movie. But yeah, um, yeah. I also I like in this one how well they do at the um, when the Fellowship forms when they're in Rivendell and they're all sitting around and they're all getting into a huge argument. And there's this one scene um, at the end of when they're all arguing over who should have it. And they'll never let an elf have it and a dwarf. And it zooms in on the ring. And you can hear the ring like basically cackling in the background. Yeah, it's drawing the wall into like, conflict. Frodo's like, what the fucking hell? And then, yeah. and then he says, uh, I'll take it. And then uh, as everyone's arguing, it does a close-in of Gandalf. And his eyes just close like, fuck, he's going to do it. I watched a video just that was a little too much. But it was just on the eyes acting Ian McKellen did throughout this trilogy. Yeah. Phenomenal. He's so that, great. that moment is so pays off huge even yeah. for fans of the book where you'd read that chapter and you'd wanted to see it ever since being a kid and it just pays off it's yeah. just perfect yeah. and that's why i feel like it's far more offensive for me that if a person makes a movie that's not so good than if someone makes a something that could could have been like a 10 out of 10 but because they get in their own way um like and by no fault of their own but like just because like i made a i made a web series that was a, a pilot that's 15 minutes long right was was 15 minutes long it's now eight and a half 
but it was because other people came in and said, whoa, first of all, this is way too long. And secondly, yeah. these things can go. And I, I mean, I fought them at times tooth to nail. But now that I look at the eight and a half minute version, I'm so pleased that people stop me from like embarrassing you're, myself. You're so right. I've had, I have had a little bit of experience with that too. And I was submitting something for a contest and it was a minute and a half and I wish it had to be 30 seconds. And I was sure that it couldn't be cut past a minute and a half. My 15 year old son cut it to 30 seconds in about a minute and it was way better, <laughs> way better. And, anyway, yeah. little and, example. And but, yeah, uh, and I feel like this is a Hollywood got a guy in Hollywood where Hollywood let him kind of just do his own thing like John said. I think the expectation though was on like make three movies and and this is a, a huge story that needs to be told and they'll need to be three hours each. Um, and this was 250 the one I watched. Yeah. And so like I feel like 220 you could have like nailed it. You might be right. You might be right. take a little I, bit longer probably, yeah. than two hours. I mean, it, it, it's a big I've, story. You couldn't have done it in two. I've often yelled at you while listening to your podcast that just because it's long, I don't think makes it wrong. I went into this trying to find a way to defend its full length to you, and I, I don't think I can. I don't Maybe 15 minutes. I don't know about a full half hour, but you got a great point. You can always, yeah. It's just like there are scenes that are good, but then if you cut it and then it doesn't ruin the movie, like if it doesn't negatively affect it, then it was an okay cut to make. I'm sure there's a bunch of that stuff yeah, yeah. that you could do. Even with scenes of, of like uh, when they're talking about the fellowship around the round table and deciding what they're going to do, I mean, that's a, a very long scene and there's a lot of stuff in there that was good and a lot of stuff that could have easily gone the wayside. I'm talking mm. about not even cutting whole scenes, yeah. but just refining it down to what really needs to be said. There's a lot of character building there though. You know, they, they really let you understand Boromir's point of view there. It can they be like... said sometimes in one line though, like a great example is the dwarf. Like when the dwarf, all the dwarf needs to say is the one line where he's, he, he talks about like the honor of the dwarf or the... Like how, you know, like... I don't think he does say much more than that. That, that. But that's what I'm saying is yeah. anybody else who's like going on and on and on, like you can usually say it in one line and you're like, oh, now I know who that character is. Yeah. And and instead they'll have like a, like a, you know, five to seven minute scene of like what you're talking about. So it could have been, it couldn't have been cutting out giant sections as, as just like micro cutting yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. to make it flow a little bit better yeah. and stuff. Once yeah. again, beautiful directing. Yeah. Like I was really impressed uh, on a lot of elements of this movie. The special effects are fantastic. It's, like those 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 riders scare the shit out of me. Yeah. And other than one moment, hold up completely, and that's on Weathertop, which I think they call Amundsen or something. Yeah, yeah. The other name. But when Vigo throws the torch and it sticks into yeah, the into face, maw. Like, yeah. are you uh, anyway? Other than that, why it, didn't you like that part? I don't understand. I don't like that either. Because he runs away with the torch sticking out of his Plus face. The, it looks the, like the wraith like looks left and right. Like, where are my buddies? And then he throws it right in its looks face. Looks like it belongs on Robot Chicken more than in the movie in that moment. Oh, okay. I I didn't realize but that. But outside, but I'm not taking. I'm agreeing with you a thousand percent. It held up so. See, you well. guys didn't like things that I didn't even notice. Because <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even notice that. Just that um, moment. Other than that, and I usually in movies get extremely bothered by five or ten on one fights. And there's two of them in this movie that, as they started, <laughs> I thought. Oh God, I'm gonna hate this oh. now, now that I'm analyzing it. And one was the five on one with with uh, Vigo or with uh, yeah, Aragorn those, and the Wraiths. Yeah, and, but they pull it off so perfectly yeah. because they 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 do a couple of quick hit fight moments and then he backs up or oops, sorry backs sorry. up or runs away. Yeah, and the same thing happens at the end when he's got fifty of the Urukai coming at him. Yeah, but they pull it off. Yeah. I, I actually was okay with. it. I it feel well they directed. pull it off too yeah. because yeah, that's what it always is. Is if if there's insurmountable odds and someone is fighting them. 
it, it could it can come off as really bad but with the directing it yeah, seemed they yeah. make it seem plausible yeah. like two hits then up the stairs the one thing know? that yeah. they don't make seem plausible is when that guy gets hit by three fucking arrows in straight in the chest and he's still fighting yeah that that was a little too much i felt like one was, arrow. i think he was slowed considerably yeah but he he had one of them was like in his heart like you uh, yeah. sh shoulder yeah, there, and then two. One was in his stomach, and one was like in his chest. Like it was, it was very heroic. I might have also liked to see maybe a leg shot and an arm shot. And yeah, then he yeah. I would have been on, fine with him doing one I arrow. Think some of his vitals did get punctured there. <laughs> I think I think one arrow and him being able to fight would have been as virtuous as the overkill of three. Yeah, because it was a giant arrow too. They weren't like regular sized little sticky arrows. They were gigantic, they were huge big, arc big arrows. Part of the problem they look like in, baseball bats in with fucking baseball bats <laughs> with feathers on the ends. Of I them. don't know. Would it resonate? Because in cinema, we're so used to the hero taking seventeen bullets and then still doing something. Yeah. If it was it one arrow enough to, wouldn't it just pull us out of it? Going well, hey, the hero can take twelve arrows. I, I can understand that because yeah. they did have to bring his character back. He just had tried to take the ring from Frodo, so it, yeah. it put that mean spin on. I, I feel like if there weren't all chest, I think if they yeah, weren't all chest. Arrows that, that might have. Let's have a leg and an arm arrow, and then sure, maybe a sure. lung, and then he's yeah, like, blah, blah. yeah, <laughs> off to the left. One, hand one thing I noticed side. about this scene that I didn't notice before: in the Bakshi cartoon, he blows the horn only once he's taken all the arrows, right? And so he can't defend the hobbits anymore. So he calls for reinforcements. I was watching this one with my son, and he blows the air, he blows the horn before he's been hurt yet. Yeah. And my son's like, he's just drawing all the enemies towards him. What an idiot! And I was kind of like, you're right. I think they misplaced that. Oh, yeah, I never yeah. thought about that. Not really important, but no, no. and. Uh, I'm usually not a huge fan because I wasn't a huge fan of the the book and and sometimes fantasy is not my bag. Um, when they you know they they mention like the Gondor, or the they use very specific references and stuff. Yeah, I think I used to find that more offensive. I found it actually kind of worked this time. Yeah. Once again, I I think it's so interesting to me because watching this movie more critically, I think I found more good things that I'd ever seen before than bad. Yeah. So I. Interesting. Once again, I, I feel like this is not nearly as, as bad as my first few viewings of it years and years ago where I was kind of uh, put off by it. Yeah. I um, So it, it's funny if you think of um, um, action movies anyway where you have your, your supreme bad guy and then you have like the henchman and then other, other fighting guys. I kind of like in this movie how um, Sauron gets set up as the, as the henchman, as the Gary Busey in Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, or not Die Hard in uh, Lethal Weapon. Um, and so, like, he's obviously got some power, and, and, uh, and then he starts to create his army, and he's a whole secondary character that needs to, to be dealt with um, mm -hmm. as things go on. So uh, it, it kind of adds some interesting layers where it's not all just about fighting this big eye in mm. the middle of nowhere. It's a more tangible enemy that needs to be, to be dealt to with. The to the point of the eye, think about the, uh, the size of the challenge that Peter Jackson had to come up against because the eye as an enemy throughout the whole thing has almost no value. And I think he did an amazing job yeah. of finding a way to make these things material and real and the use of the eye when they touch the seeing stone or when they come near the ring or a lot of power there. I think, I think there were so many ways he could have failed in this. Yeah. There was probably no higher stakes adaptation that anyone's ever done. Yeah. For even the fanboys to come out loving it is incredible. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the other problem I feel like is, uh, if you are, it's so tough because if you are just serving a small group of people, that is the danger of the movie not holding up over time. Because mm -hmm. it's the mm -hmm. difference between making yep. a good movie and making a movie for a certain group of people. 
but there's so much ignoring there's so much amazing artistry in this movie from and that's why it's upsetting to me when they when they fuck it up by making simple mistakes is like you have such great directing great acting i mean vigo mortison is like fucking amazing in this movie he's he i love him I don't know if anyone else could have played it. Uh, I, I love him and someone else almost he did. Does. Elijah Wood. They um, replaced him at the last. That's minute. right. Yeah. yeah. And oh. I feel like all of the Sam and Frodo stuff has a real latent homosexuality feeling to it. I mean, <laughs> you, and, you and a lot Sam, of other people too. It's, I feel like with all Sam, the hobbits actually. Well, but more so with Sam. Sam, I feel like Sam's got a definitely got a real. Or is it the opposite? Or is it that that it kind of gives permission to have a male relationship that's that close that doesn't have to be homosexual? I just feel like it's too over the top, though. It, yeah. It's too, it feels very. It, it, yeah, I, it, I, 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 a, don't, I don't a, engage in a lot of heavy petting with a lot of my friends. No, yeah. in a do, bad but. way of saying, in a, a very <laughs> bad way of it saying it, it, it comes off many times as very super gay. Well, in essence, um, <laughs> John, would Sam, you not agree is, with Sam that? is Frodo's gardener, and they actually don't set up the friendship between Frodo and Sam at all. We all know that gardeners are gay. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, they don't send no, up I'm the sorry, friendship that's at all. all. That's wedding planners. Oh, no, I mean no. designers. Oh, no, shit. No, but I just found, I found that a lot of the time it was very heavy-handed. Because if it's not gay, then it comes off as um, very um, cheesy. Oh, uh, interesting. Do you not see, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I wouldn't even mind if it was gay. If like if Sam was gay and he was in the Frodo and Frodo was heterosexual and he wasn't, to me, there'd be nothing wrong with that. But they don't play it that way. They just play it as this like blind loyalty to the, his friend yeah, or something. I mean, certainly loyalty above all else. Like that that's what Sam is, right? He's, yeah. he's the loyal heart. It of might the have been movie. do you guys feel like that actor is good? Like is it his acting that makes it bad? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, I don't. I was more impressed by him this viewing than I'd ever been before. I thought I, I thought he played it. He played that character perfectly. Is yeah. it comfortable? I don't know, but it's the character. I don't. I because yeah. I, I felt like he, out of all of the other actors, I felt like he was one of the weaker ones. I don't. I and I don't think it is necessarily his fault. I feel like it's, it's really hard to do what he was doing. Yeah. Like. Well, so, it's a, it, that, it's an. I mean, given the materials that they were working from to write it, um, he made choices. Well, they, I think they all made choices. I know, I, but I think, maybe the director also was kind of guiding his uh, yeah. his choices. Yeah, I don't know. He's essentially like Frodo's Batman, right? Going back to like that World War II reference. <laughs> but once again, talking about like the main characters, I feel like they're almost the two least interesting. Again, Gandalf's more interesting. Um, Aragorn's more interesting. Even the bad guy who tries to steal the ring, what's his name? Well, I found that a little refreshing, though, right? In this story, the heroes are the least powerful people. Even yeah. even the two ones who draw away the, what are their names? Merry and Pippin. They I almost sometimes found them to be far more interesting than Frodo no, and that's, yeah, Sam. That's sure. what, yeah, that's what so, I was saying before. They're, especially over the three movies, their arcs are the best. Like, Frodo is just always troubled by the ring. Um, Sam is always like serving and, and helping Frodo along. So yeah, you're right. That, that's not inherently interesting. I think you're supposed to identify them because they're so overwhelmed and, and, uh, not, not the best for the task, except that they have a lot of heart. I would just wonder if and it not was in a gay way. Every man, right? But John, you yeah. just watched the other two movies. Would you say that they're the least interesting in those films as well? Yeah, absolutely. Because yep. they're just their their whole mission is to trog along and face adversity. And because I feel like that is a little bit of an inherent flaw. I mean, like the reason that we were talking about Groundhog Day on like months ago, like. Bill Murray's character is by far the most interesting character in that yeah. film. No, I mean he's Ar- the main character. I when. 
we stick with him the whole time. I'm never bored of Bill Murray's character. Yeah. And I find I, I kind of am waiting to leave Sam and Frodo a lot and go back to other well, characters. Well, because more interesting things are happening with everybody I, I else. I mean, and the... What did you guys think no, of I Legolas? Can't stop, I can't stop thinking about Bill Murray as Frodo now. Yeah. That's, that's, that, would, <laughs> that would be a very interesting choice. But what do you guys think of Legolas? Uh, what's his face? Oh, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom. What happened yeah. to him? He's done stuff. But not he, lately. He revisited the Legolas character in the Hobbit movies. Oh, which I had guess. No, no place in the movie. But Sigh. Anyway. Yeah, and looked much older. Um, and, yeah. And <laughs> less, less young. You know, <laughs> because I'm tainted by the memories of the Hobbit movie and how much I didn't like Legolas in those movies, yeah. I expected to hate him more than I did. Did so you like it? Was you refreshing, it was refreshing to see him young. And yeah. I, it, actually, it worked. Did you he, guys like the Hobbit movie? No. No. No, oh, thank God, because no, I thought I was the no. only one who hated that movie. I Peter Jackson. I don't think made, anyone likes them, even though they made a billion dollars or whatever. Peter Jackson yeah. made that one, though, too. Yeah, he's, well, he, he didn't want them. to. He didn't want to. He put um, Guillermo <laughs> so that's del Toro. Why. Yeah, no, it's true. Guillermo del Toro was supposed to do it. And I would have quit. loved to have seen Guillermo, but it just took too long. Tied up in legal matters. No, so I remember yeah, that was, and stuff. Yeah, was Plus, I they want... shot it in 48 frames, which made it look like a home video. Yeah, I would, I'd, on another time, maybe, I'll, I'll try and defend that, because I, I think that cinema needs some of that, and part of it comes from any time there's a there's a pan across when you when you see that move in the movie in the higher frame rate and yeah. you see that the panning shots they're just beautiful and they totally work and now yeah. because of that i go back to movies today and i'm extremely aware of all the motion blur that happens and takes me i out find of i find the opposite though i always find it that almost looks and that, and that may just be because my eye is so used to the other but yeah. i just feel like yeah, that yeah. looks that's like a part of it for sure very cheesy video yeah, it didn't that that I, when i went to see the first time in the it, theater right? i was like what yeah. the hell i'm yeah. like i could have shot this on a steady like on a yeah. camcorder <laughs> and it looked the sets looked fake i don't know it's just something I, about the, the not, lower i frame wouldn't rate. deny that it was jarring out of place and took you out of it all true i hope we could develop an appreciation and a use for it yeah. in cinema because i think it has some value yeah but just to say it's not how movies look to me is is true yeah. i think gandalf's yeah. story also is like also one of the more compelling well, stories he, he has this. an arc right he goes from Ganda, he dies and that's all crazy and then he comes back in the later movies as and he's developed as a character and so much time has passed and now he's like the king of the wizards whatever that is Gandalf the white <laughs> the king of the Aragorn <laughs> starts out as a ranger but eventually becomes king of the people yeah, um, yeah. Mary and Pippin are like total goofball little thieves stealing from a garden to become like heroes and responsible for like and, major and that's happening. the thing I think that's the thing that it was is that I never read the books so are I watching this movie feel like they repeat things a lot and and regurgitate a lot of information and as someone who has no background knowledge I'm getting it off from the first thing so like why are you why are you feeding me a novice who doesn't have all this background information something two three times mm. when yeah. people who are fans know everything and definitely don't need you to beat them over the head with stuff because they're so much more ingrained yeah, in the world. But it's not being done because we we're getting more of the story. It's to it's to show us just more of the world, give us more screen time with. It's just more of the book. Yeah, just more, that's it, right? Yeah. So see, and, I feel and, like that's. Yeah, and so that would almost be more apparent and and bothersome for you who's not a fan of the book or hadn't read the book. Because you'd be like, well, fuck, you're just telling me the same thing again and again. There it is again. But in the movie, you're like, oh, Galadriel, she can do the same powerful stuff as, as Gandalf did and turn all gray. And I, I don't argue, it doesn't progress the story, <laughs> it but it puts an elf on the screen and shows how powerful she is. And um, that, that's so here's, an, here's something I've always disliked uh, about 
these movies is Gandalf's quote unquote power <laughs> is so like, what is his power? He can't really cast spells, but he's called a wizard. And in one of the, in the second movie or in the third movie, he can like hold his staff up and it casts light to get rid of the flying wraith. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but he doesn't. And then like, he has the bridge power. You shall not pass it's a flashlight a few times, basically. Too. And he's got a flashlight. <laughs> yeah. But, but I then don't he get... fights another wizard and they whip each other around and he never does that again. Yeah. Like he doesn't whip out it. Like he can pick up another like wizard and spin so him like a top. Like, I think, I think that the, there's been an awful lot written about the confusion around Gandalf's omnipotence and when he chooses to get involved and when he chooses not to, yeah. um, almost deity like, you yeah. know, it, you know, it's kind of like the, the question we have in religion today. I don't know. I, I don't think we can solve it but you're right it is very no it, confusing. it, it confuses yeah. me and so that when they're in moria i would have been like well why doesn't gandalf just like do something to the cave troll and like force like force push it yeah. off a ledge or something like but he, he did he fights, to another wizard he fights with a sword and he gets tired in battle and it's like i don't know in the second one he rides down the hill and he's got his big lamp and he's like blind them and then i'm like what the <laughs> fuck so i i don't know it would have been nice to see a bit more of a stance or some direction um or some clarity maybe on exactly what his power is um because for some of the other characters like they do a really great job of showing how what a good warrior legolas is and that he can walk on snow when they're up in the mountain like those little details i i like personally because i'm yeah, fascinated with like i like role-playing games and dungeons and dragons and elves and dwarves which is a driver for all this. I do find there's an inconsistency because the very first time you see him use his powers against his, his, his what's the other one? Saruman, wizard? yeah. And he and Saruman both use their powers in a way in which you never see them use again. Yeah. Like ever again. Yeah, it's so more like a Jedi power. It. Yeah, the force. It's and very similar to like a Jedi where you can grab something and levitate it or yeah. like you can throw someone backwards. And that's never, ever introduced. There's like, probably something about that omnipotent guidance, but not trying to take ch choice away from the characters of the of the of the world yeah. i don't know like like they, they've yeah. got to they've got to make your it life, happen when your life is threatened I, though you wouldn't you do use, it you wouldn't yeah. throw that in there the and other there. way to explain yeah. it would be that like i don't know i'm going way off base here but in rpgs um, wizard type characters have mana it's it's what controls their level of magic so when they yep. use magic it's taxing on them mm -hmm. so if gandalf was like well i could use this but then i'd basically have to sleep or like rest to regain uh, my like energy a yeah, have, have a sandwich, sandwich. <laughs> have some Lembus bread. Um, um, so maybe they like, could and I don't want to eat said, all the bread because everyone else needs bread too. Yeah, I bet like if we watched it, I, I love it. I'm just going with that explanation. I bet yeah. you if we watched it, we could explain every moment just trying to find something that tired him out. Yeah, and he'd just be like, I must rest now. I'd be like, but there's a big fucking tra <laughs> cave troll coming to I'm sleeping. Where's my Lembus bread sandwich? <laughs> um, anyway, so that's, that's just you, you something I think about. I, I don't think it, um, it doesn't really ruin ruin anything but it does have me asking questions afterwards um, and that's the speed bump yeah um like legolas's fighting is amazing gimli i get dwarves are supposed to be good i don't find in, in his action scenes even over the course of the three movies he doesn't quite come off as a as an amazing warrior yeah. like he kills lots of things but he's just like swinging his axe and they're letting him hit like legolas is like i don't like his surfboard scene in the second <laughs> one but he's like so quick and shooting oh God. arrows and stuff See, that's all good so. and i felt the second or one the, riding down the trunk of the elephant yeah, in the third one. yeah. And, uh, and having not seen uh the second one in a very long time i i always felt way back when that the second one was far more um properly structured, structured as a film yeah, yeah. Um, like which is funny because a very three the way that they structure. first wrote it it was going to be two and then they realized uh oh we got a problem we got to pull this apart into three and did it flawlessly yeah because the second one is like um 
it all builds up to one thing. Yes. Like, and you know that from the beginning, it's going to be a battle. So like, that's what you want to establish. Um, like I was watching a movie as silly as Wreck-It Ralph last night. And, <laughs> uh, and, and 14 minutes, the first Wreck-It Ralph. And, and yeah. like about 14 minutes in, you realize, Ralph realizes that if he gets a medal, that they'll accept him. For the rest of the movie, his whole goal is to get a medal. Yeah. Right. And and so like in the second movie, like the whole goal is to defend. What is it? That place called? Oh, I forget. That keep or something. Yeah. Or that, yeah. With the like big walls where they have the big battle in the second one. Yeah. Hell's uh, Minister. I don't even know. No. Oh, no. Hell's yeah. Keep or Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep. Damn it. I thought I you were really... talking about the second Wreck It Ralph, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. I was really close. <laughs> That's pretty new. I was really close. I haven't even seen the second one, but I, oh. I was really close to getting that name. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, and uh, once that battle ends, which is, in my opinion, still the best battle in the three movies, yeah. I feel like, and you have the three characters together that everyone loves, the 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 uh, the, uh, the dwarf and, dwarf and, and yeah. Aragon and the, and the arrow, the elf. Yeah. That all is amazing. His name should have been Arrow. That would have been great. <laughs> Arrow. <laughs> Squirt Arrow. And then as, and soon as, <laughs> as soon as that battle ends, the movie ends. Because yeah. that's the climax of the movie. Yeah. And then the movie ends. One thing I do love about th there's been a lot said. I actually went back and watched an old, like, even Siskel and Ebert review, and one of them trashes the ending of the movie, just saying it's completely left at, at a nothing point. I totally disagree. I really love how the, this movie concludes with the fact that it is that the heroes completely fail and all you're left with is hope. And, and that's so refreshing. There's not many movies that you can do that with because this is a trilogy you're able to. Yeah. I actually would, yeah. wouldn't disagree with that. I actually think the ending is okay. And I think uh, it works. It ends up working out to um, there is a conclusion. And the conclusion is, is that they, they've taken him as far as they can and and now he needs to carry on on his own. So I feel like that's an interesting way to end the Well, and the, the movie. others have to go rescue the other hobbits, right? They, they yeah. kind of yeah, like, I mean, fuck, we failed. And then an, they have their little moment. And they're like, fuck, we got to go save th those that's guys. That's an afterthought. But but I feel... it's it, And that works too. Cause Let's it, go hunt some orc. Yeah, because yeah. it's kind of... And <laughs> the reason why I think that works is because that's a positive note. They kind of are excited about going out and uh, yeah. and doing this, this, this mission where they get to go kill the orcs and get these guys back. So it... It gives it a bit of a happy punctuation at the end. It does, yeah. For the other characters who are kind of now not set adrift and they're no longer on this, this journey yeah. to the mountain. I I, um, I always didn't like um, Sam swimming out after Frodo and nearly drowning. I thought that was kind of... Well, that's where the... Like, I thought they're going to make out a yeah, little bit no, when he gets in the boat. <laughs> I, I just like... If Sam just should have caught up to Frodo on the shore. They should have had a quick conversation and been like, fuck, you're coming, fine. That's it. I hated the whole drowning thing. And then I, I like that he made an effort out. to try and save Sam by not including him and trying to do it on his own. I guess. Um, but it, there's no question it drags. Yeah. No no. And, and does, also yeah. another thing that drags is where Aragon talks to the guy with three arrows in his chest. Yeah. That should have been, a, if you're going to have a conversation there, you should have either had no conversation or it should have been very, very, very short. Yeah. They actually have like quite a little tea. Well, that guy's got three <laughs> arrows in his chest. That's one of the most important character deaths. They have, yeah. yeah so if they move the arrow to his leg, we're okay, right? Yeah. Well, no, no. I, I just I feel need like, to know we're okay. Then he can just no, cut his throat because he's going to slow I, him I down. I disagree. <laughs> That's one of those scenes where I feel like there's some really good dialogue between yeah. the two of them, but it goes on way too long. So if you would have taken the best lines and like making, even if it was one line each, Aragon says something and 
he says something about humans going on or you're going to be the king or whatever. Yeah, I like where he says, I would have followed you, my, my captain, my king, that stuff. Like, that's oh. fine. And then that, that's it, though. Yeah. That's in, what I'm saying. In, you gotta... in death, his faith in humanity is restored, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So and you he's go... forgiven for his, yep. um, for his yeah, like, trying to take the ring because it's yep. just a weakness and he knows it. He knows it. But you got to. But you can. He knew it. But you can. You can have. While we're correcting stuff, Aragorn. I don't want you to get hate mail. Aragorn? Aragorn. There's an R. What do I call him? Aragorn? Aragorn. Yeah, yeah. That's more like Terry. Aragon the spice. Yeah. Oh, I always thought it was Aragon. No, doesn't matter. Anyway, the point (laughs) is, you you can cut that out. (laughs) No, no, please don't cut that out. I got your back. (laughs) But uh, once again, one or two lines there, and you get you you get away. You just take the you take the best ones, the best lines, the ones that really sum it up, and then he just fucking does. (laughs) One of the notes that for me that's such an epic death. It's such an important moment at the end of the film. And I made a note watching it last night that I didn't realize in the theatrical version. How when it comes to his death and his funeral, they eventually just flush him like a goldfish. That totally blew me yeah. away. Where they there's put one, him on a boat, one <laughs> shot in the boat over the edge of the cliff, yeah. and it's gone. And, and I was just like, wow, I didn't realize that they just flushed him and it was over. It yeah. was more more drawn out in the extended. But anyway, yeah. I, and wait, do you like that better? No, I, I thought that the, the death deserved that ceremony and majesty there's of the whole, Viking funeral, yeah, and it was just death like at sea or gone. the Viking funeral. But they're like, we're just gonna push him over a waterfall because <laughs> <laughs> he like stay in like, that canoe, right? It's it, like not to revert it again, but in the Bakshi cartoon version, there yeah. was, you know, a nice long moment there, a pause and, and you know, remembrance. And it wasn't in this case. They just shoved it out. Over yeah. and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Get out. He's fucking dead. <laughs> I, I Let's knew you move. would be. Let's I, move on. I knew you'd appreciate He's that. He's fucking dead. I, um, <laughs> another scene I love, and it's the, the way it's handled, is uh, when Aragorn fights that Uruk and gets kind of the shit kicked out of him at first. Yeah. And then he gets the shield up against him. And then when he, like, stands up and deflects the knife, and then he just, they have a really brief clang, 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 and then he fucking stabs him yeah. through and cuts his head off. I love the deflection so of the knife. Badass. It was so not Hollywood. It was yeah. fairly real that it was pathetic and it was just an attempt yeah. and almost. I would have actually got rid of the whole funeral scene because you have his scene where he fights and gets shot by the arrows they and almost then, did and then you think he <laughs> dies and then you have an actual death scene where he has a conversation and then you have a fucking funeral yeah. forget that no, gone no funeral <laughs> well they really didn't you just assume that they like honored him by burying him or they didn't just leave his body to rot like or i would maybe just make they that did. assumption i don't need i don't need to see like the traditional Flush. burial yeah. of the but, whatever in the thing but they do end up later on they refer back because the the cracked horn um mm-hmm. makes it back to gondor right? somehow right like how the fuck did that happen oh another moment to support were they dragging saying? the river <laughs> i found the horn lord and his body has been eaten by fish I, I guess so down the other end of the waterfall but um, yeah. also we talk about how sam just about drowns and it kind of drags it on there's also an editing mistake there that really took me out of it last night where he's so deep in the water by yeah. the time that frodo's like one foot arm goes into the water and pulls him back yeah. out it also they do that again no in the sense. second one when frodo really? d- uh, falls in and face first into the swamp and then it shows him like sinking down below right. he's like so far down uh but then um sam pulls him out Peach. no um Peach. what's his name uh, Gollum pulls him out or he does have long arms yeah he yeah. does have long, he has long legs arms. too i also love the underuse of Gollum in the first one yeah um, yeah they didn't get into that too much and Although, i love the backstory that is because they didn't have him figured out yet yeah, and, yeah 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 so that that was all good um and then that would be i think that would follow colin's rules of giving a bit of an introduction to a character without getting into too much um too much uh talking about it Mm. one one thing i'd like to talk about for a second is just that this i feel that this the way that they did everything in producing these movies was such a gift to cinema it was a gift to fans the extended um behind the scenes uh the, the ability to you can immerse yourself in movie making in a way that 
I don't think is ever really going to happen again. And yeah. there's, there's many times when I'm working at home and I'll put on the special features and just kind of have it running in the background. I think that there's so much that is just a, a gift to filmmaking fans. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. The uh, the extras that were given with these DVDs from the art design to the costume design, the, the even the the re-editing the, the movies and even going to do pickup shots for the Blu-ray release. Yeah, I, that's never gonna. I feel like again. there's a I feel like there's a death to that because of digital. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know. Like, and also, I, iTunes does release those extras. You, they do, but I feel like the the death is is that because they. Because I, I buy movies sometimes that have those is they're yeah. very limited now because yeah. they don't want to spend the money. I'm hoping they'll come back to realizing that even if digital, more people will buy it if you invest in some. Yeah, commentaries stuff, but... are another thing that are going away. Uh, I just watched one on. Uh, I just watched one on uh, Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut, the uh, yeah. the Molly Molly's Game movie. Oh, right on. And yep. so they still are yep. doing it, but once again, I feel like to to Dave's point, they're not. <laughs> The, I, they I think were, we're just in transition. Of they the were almost exhaustive. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's probably right. I, I, I hope that's like all you need is a great director who's going to release an only digital version, but go back and do it. And then people are going to go, oh, that sold really well. And yeah. I think some of it will come back. Well, yeah. it's like, like John said, the iTunes extras, they call it now. Yeah. So it's there, but I don't think they're investing as much time and effort like they did in this fucking movie. Yeah. Maybe that's a problem. Was like, Maybe Apple's got the exclusive on the extras. So well, it's you killing gotta, the rest of the... <laughs> like, like those big DVD box sets and, and um, the director's cuts and everything used to cost like upwards of 35 mm -hmm. bucks for some mm -hmm. of them. And I don't think the now movies a single are that movie. much to buy, right? No, a single, like a 4K Blu-ray is like 45 bucks right now. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know anymore. I don't buy them. Sadly, I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have a, a more of a reason to it. Yeah, home you theater. got the theater, yeah. <laughs> home theater would look terrible with... Uh, Actually... Uh, yeah, well, yeah, actually, it's interesting how some of the 4K transfers are brilliant and some are massively disappointing. Watching this one, I I was able to, to fully love the fact that it suffers a little bit in today's day and age because it's not crisp, especially on a bigger screen. Um, uh, the, 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 the pixel definition is very dated. Mm. Um, I hope that there will be a 4K restoration of it someday, but I'm afraid it might not hold up. Some of the special effects might kind of get taken away from it. Right. Um, so... I'm comfortable if someone, I realized I'm comfortable if somebody eventually wants to come along and redo these, even though they hold such a special place to me. Yeah. I think there is that room for improvement, but hmm. that's fair. So Johnny, are you ready to call the verdict? Yeah, anything else anyone wants to talk about before we... I have like seven pages of notes and I haven't looked at them, thank God, because we'd be here forever. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> um, so I was never the biggest fan of the books. Uh, I read them and I actually kind of found it I guess I, I like the idea of it and there were some nice characters, but I've since maybe so it's so hard to get through. It's really hard to get through. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, thank you. The second book <laughs> I think is, is uh, probably the, the best written cause there's a lot going on in it and it all had a kind of a point, but I've since read other fantasy series, mm -hmm. which are far superior, easier to digest, um, than, than this book. So, um, and what was the name of the guy who did the cartoon years ago? Ralph Bakshi. Yeah. That's such a fucking strange cartoon. I remember watching that as a young and have you like, gone, what the I hell? Saw that go back. Too. I don't think it's worth an episode for you, but, yeah. but go back and watch it. And the, the bits I've gone back to, it's surprising how good it was. Yeah. I, so I did like that it's when mocked. I saw it as it's young. It's not loved. Yeah, totally. But, and it's just the animation style and everything around that is. is it, well, is, it was fully acted out and drawn on top yeah, of. Yeah. Which was really, Which I think really animation weird. could learn from a little bit in a better way, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I watched that when I was a kid too. Yeah, and that that always kind of lured me into the idea of it. And that just, was my introduction to Lord of the Rings. I, I, yeah, I love it like, is for a lot of people. Yeah. I love wizards and witches and dwarves and elves, and I like the the whole way that this is framed up. So, 
Um, this movie definitely ran long. Um, whether you say it sets up the second movie, I think each movie, even in a trilogy, should stand on its own. Um, but there's enough good about this movie that, for me, it, it holds up. Um, I think it tells the story well. I think it, it dives a little bit too deep into certain areas, but certainly for certain characters, the character development is there. Um, lots of great action. Um, it definitely has its speed bumps along the way, but and, and maybe I'm just talking from my own personal preferences that I, I, I like the series a lot. I wouldn't say I'm a fanboy uh, or that I overly love it, um, but it's good enough that it, that it still holds up. There's not enough wrong with it that I would say that this is trash and, and no one should watch it, and um, so I like it. And strangely enough, like, even though I liked it better this time, watching it with a real critical eye than I've ever liked it before, I still think it doesn't hold up because I feel like there is a movie version in here that could have held up, but they did not edit that movie version. Once again, liked it better now, years, years later than when it first came out, but um, still it doesn't hold up as a whole. I feel like there's enough problems that could have been just could have been solved with editing. And that, that upsets me the most is when you see the genius that, that some of the stuff they're doing shines through and then they like, they ruin it by, by like just putting in way too much stuff, slowing me down, not not giving giving me the same information constantly and incessantly so i i don't think this version of the movie holds up sadly i feel like an editor could 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 take this movie and turn it into like a brilliant piece of of mastery filmmaking mm, interesting hmm. so liked it better than before but i still don't think it holds up hmm I'm glad I didn't come all this way to have you say it held up. I would have been so disappointed <laughs> <laughs> for Colin to what would say, we talk say about? that it held up. I, you know, what would we fight with the next time we say um, I think I think for me, it's so much more than a movie. It's a cinematic experience. It's a whole history of art and culture. It's you know language, and there's so much that comes together in this. But um, uh, I, I got to say for sure, it holds up. There's, there's, no, there's no question for me. But looking at learning from this podcast journey that you guys have just let me experience... <laughs> I did look at it more critically than I ever did before. I would have said going into it that it was flawless and I was going to come here and have to defend it. It is not flawless and there's definitely parts that drag and, and I appreciate the opportunity to go through that experience and realize, oh, that was kind of weak, but uh, it does hold up. And also I've found space in my heart for somebody to find ways to improve it or retell the story in the future. So I'm, I'm really pleased for the opportunity to do that. I'm really glad to hear you say that. I hope some of our fans feel that way too, because we've said movies hold up or don't hold up and they, they have issues or that they are you know close to flawless. But um, as long as we're being all open-minded about what we're talking about here and, and you know, it's rare to have a perfect movie. There's always going to be the issues with it. Um, even something like Unforgiven, <laughs> where we had lots of great things to Unforgiven say about is, it. Unforgiven is, yeah. Um, once <laughs> there's still some problems with it. It just, it doesn't, if it, if it doesn't ruin the experience and it meets the intent of what it was supposed to do. And, and uh, I don't, I honestly don't know. Um, I'm sure I, I agree with Colin that you could have, an editor could have really made this movie better. Um, even as someone who thinks it still does hold up. But um, one of the things I love about this movie is that I think it was very, very true to the source material in a way that, I would rather watch this this trilogy than read those books ever again. And that for me is huge 
because most of the time the written material far exceeds um, the, what we end up with on the screen because it's got to cut out certain things. But this cut out things from the book which were terrible um, and made some of the scenes as long and, and drawn on as they are in the movie. Um, it's as bad in the book at times. So, And I think there's an honesty to it too because that's the thing that I think confused a lot of people because we said, I think all three of us said that uh, the hangover holds up. Yeah. And... Uh, that surprised you. It's it's just... it's But like I didn't say the hangover holds up because I like the hangover. Like I just watched it again after years and was like, this... <laughs> There's not really anything wrong what, what, with this movie. One of my darkest days when I went off the hook and, and texted you a billion times was listening to you trash my beloved Gladiator and then fall in love with Starship Troopers when I listen to that episode next. <laughs> and I got to say, you're 100% right, but man, that was so hard. So I, I'm I glad. Know, and I think this got a fair shot today. Yeah. Not flawless. A lot of good And, here, th and that's, yeah. that's the thing is like, you would think taking those movies side by side, Gladiator won the Academy Award, won, was nominated for... And, and Verhoeven's movie, Starship Troopers, did not win any fucking big awards. <laughs> but once again, Verhoeven's movie is better today at Starship Troopers than it ever had been in the yeah. past for me. Yeah. And Gladiator was so flawed. And like, once again, it's, it's not about how much the movie made or what awards it was nominated for. It's like, is the movie still good looking at it with a critical eye years later? Yeah. Could, and could I add to, for people that are listening, something that I learned through coming here to join you was if you're going to hate the review or, or yell at the podcast, watch <laughs> it one more time as if you were prepping for it, watch it and you'll, you'll watch it more criti critically than you yeah. have before. And, uh, it, it made me hate you a lot less. I got to say that. Watching it after you could even watch it after the podcast and see if the things we were saying like resonated and yeah, you're like, yeah. and you could say that we were wrong or right about this or that. Yeah. And we welcome that feedback, good or bad. Like, let us know. I just had someone like totally get all over my, my ass on Instagram about <laughs> some, we said aliens was an amazing movie. And I made one tiny criticism about the dream sequence at the beginning of aliens. And they were so upset. The rest of the movie I said was near perfect. Yeah. But like they were so pissed off at one little tiny thing that I didn't like about aliens. So it's uh We love the, the ha let's have that conversation. It's a we know take. Like, we we aren't professionals here. We're just doing this podcast for fun. So uh, if you have a different opinion then let us know and we'll make sure that you get heard live and on the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thanks for writing in that you hate our shit whoever you are. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, uh, we got one no and two yes to uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, basically, it's a perfect movie, and you should watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll likely actually have to do the other two, because um, they're both on equal footing. I want to do Empire. Empire is my other, favorite. we got to get through the Star, Star Wars, Wars movie. Can, I, can I at least be security when you're doing Empire? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. I got to do Empire. We'll see. All right, well, thanks, Dave, for coming out. Good to have you, man. Cheers. All right, everybody have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.